What's up, Dunwoody? If you're new to the show, my name is Matt Weber. I'm a local real estate agent with EXP Realty, helping families in the Dunwoody area. My co-host is Justin Dyke, founder of PoolDues.com. Our sponsors are the real heroes, though. Um, here's a little personal info on the guys that pay our bills. Dr. Brett Friedman owned Village Orthodontics in the village. Um, it's a few doors down from Los Hermanos. Dr. Brett grew up in Sandy Springs, right down the street from Village. He uh, graduated from Woodward Academy and attended the University of Michigan, where he received his Bachelor of Arts degree in economics with a pre-med focus, so he could follow the career path of his father and grandfather in the dental specialty. This led him to the Medical College of Georgia School of Dentistry, where he earned his Doctorate of Dental Medicine in 2008 and graduated top of his class. He then received his orthodontic specialty certificate from Vanderbilt University Medical Center. The point is, the dude is really smart and talented. However, his patients love him because of his attitude and the way that he treats them and their children. Um, he's a lot of fun. He was our original sponsor, and he's a really good friend of ours. Sponsor number two came to us because we spent way too much time hanging out at their establishment. Porter Brew and Q Brewery opened early last year. Um, they seem kind of like a perfect fit for us as a sponsor. We talk about our friend Greg Gordon all the time on the show. He's one of the more recent owners and manages the uh, brewery most of the time at this point. Um, the Porter family are the original owners, though. Alan and his dad, Wynn. Alan Porter owns and is the brewmaster for Porter Pizza and Brewery in Sandy Springs. Um, if you haven't been there and you do like pizza and beer, which everybody does, check that out. Alan's father, Winston, is one of the owners at Stats Brew Pub in um, downtown Atlanta. It's like this huge 16,000-square-foot restaurant. It's got 70 TVs. Stats is one of the only bars in the country to feature a beer tap system on some of their tables, which allows guests to pour their own beer with no server or bartender. It's really, really cool. Um, so that's a little deeper dive into the owners of our favorite Dunwoody Brewery and a little bit more about our sponsors. Today's show is with a couple of our friends, Sam Schlam and Matt Warner. These guys are big into drone photography, which is something that's you know really interests me lately, especially when it uh, comes to real estate. Both of them have their FAA drone pilot's license, Part 107. Sam provides commercial drone services to the solar and construction industry. Matt does more of like artistic landscape photography. You can buy his prints on aluminum, canvas, coasters, magnets at um, photosbywally.com. That's W-O-L-L-Y.com. If you follow along with What's Up Dunwoody, you've probably seen Matt's work on our website and social media. He's helped us out on many occasions. So here's our drone photography conversation with Matt Wolner and Sam Schlam. What's up, Dunwoody? Welcome back to the What's Up, Dunwoody podcast. We're here with the do drone duo, Matt Walner, Sam Schlam. Uh, you guys both have some pretty serious equipment, drone-wise. And you've helped us out a lot in the past. You've come to some of the events that we were at and uh, made us look a little bit more professional. So thank you very much for that. Yeah, and all the, the illegal photos of the school, that yes. was all Matt. <laughs> we take no responsibility yeah. for that. Matt, <laughs> register with FAA. Uh, Legal flights. Yeah, uh, actually, okay. tell us tell us a little bit about that. So, uh, if you're inside the five mile radius of the airport, uh, you have to register your flight with FAA, and they now have a new app that makes it pretty easy. So you just log on your app, and it'll tell you how high you can fly legally, um, and then you just register, say I will be flying here at this time, and they will. Uh, it's an automated system now, so you just, it'll automatically approve you now. Like they realized they had to do something for all you droners out there. When I first started there's too droning, many of you. yeah, there's too many of us. There's um, and now that drones are really cheap, like the, and all the toy drones are included in this category. So if you're flying a toy drone 
and you're within five miles of PDK or any other airport, you are required to register your drone. How close are we? We're pretty close to that, right? We're right on the outside. Okay, okay. that's like, what I was thinking. Five miles in a straight line is probably about. We're, there. we're lit, like we're chest, we're about a quarter of a mile inside the zone still. Oh, inside from, from, from the PDK zone, right around the corner. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the, like as far as the 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 advantages of uh, using legal sources, as far as the FAA is concerned, is you know, it, it helps you if something goes wrong, that uh, it's better to, you know, follow the rules than to not when something goes south, because if it goes south, then you're responsible. If, yeah. you, see, if you see like a jetliner go down and you've lost contact with your drone. <laughs> you might want to back away. <laughs> you know, I think the main difference right now, uh, you know, when you look at the drone industry, you have, you know, hobbyists, you have commercial and you have people that are borderline both. And, you know, and that's where I think a lot of laws are being created right now to separate those two. And uh, like the FAA, I think, has done a great job at creating uh, portals for a hobbyist as well as a commercial uh, uh, photographer pilot to uh, to get clearance by airports to, you know, be in certain areas when they don't know all the rules because it is, they do want to welcome hobbyists because hobbyists will drive the market and commercial uh, photography will go, go right, by, right behind it. Yeah, they don't want to make it too difficult. Right. But they definitely want you to know where you're at. They want you to, because you don't really think about uh, like helipads. That's something that like a lot of people won't even think about. You know, they think about planes flying, but there's helipads know, everywhere. Everywhere, really? like we on these maps, you see helipads, and they're everywhere. Or like hospitals, or like hotels. Of a lot of oh, hotels yeah. and office buildings have them that you don't realize. Hmm. Yeah, I did a shoot uh, down in Buckhead, not Buckhead, uh, downtown at the W Hotel because they wanted to make sure that they showed off a uh, the helipad for one of the, a property listing that uh, you know Scottish Rights, like Northside, a lot of areas, Emory. You know, anywhere your medical is going to have a helipad, but definitely more businesses are putting them on top of. Uh, Does that have the same five mile radius around it, or it's just no? Yeah, yeah. that's but, only the, the the bigger airports. Okay, like they're even the tiny, teeny, tiny airports, smaller than PDK. They don't have the the requirements either. Um, and, and also, a lot of those, uh, like the five mile radius, isn't a, a end all be all. Like it's not like you can't fly within that five miles. Right. It just means you need to register your flight plan. And, you know, let them know where you are. So where we are right now, we could fly up to 200 feet. So we're right inside a 200-foot bubble. And if you're across the street, actually, it'd be a 300-foot bubble. Hmm. And you could file a waiver to go even higher than that. But it's all about filing the waivers. And that's where I think the FAA has done a good job in, you know, creating an opportunity through apps like Air Maps or Kitty Hawk um uh, drone zone is the uh official one that the faa uses to go like uh, register your uh your waivers that as technology grows you know not necessarily regulations need to be in place but paths need to be in place so that you can you can do it for a business or a hobby correctly not trying to get in trouble but just you know stay within the lines that uh i, I think they've done a great job as far as making it an easy path for as new a technology as it is, uh, you know, in the market. When I first started droning, you had to call the airport. I had to call PDK cool. and get in, get in touch with someone in the control tower and say, I will be flying, which I tried calling multiple times and no one ever answered. Yeah, they're, they're like, oh, it's the drone line again. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Just don't flat crash plane. <laughs> they, they hate it. And that's when they came out with the LANCE system, L-A-A-N-C, 
it's made for so you no longer have to call those towers that uh, any airport that wants to be a part of it which is a majority of them they you know put their contact info they, as well as uh, the waiver request process within those apps and it, it can return a waiver to you within seconds wow that like it, it definitely took the the middleman out which because the ta- you could, if you call a tower they hated talking to you because you could tell they had a ton of other things going on and the last thing they want to deal with is someone that wants to you know access to a, an area um well and all this is maybe kind of a little soft launch for when there's these personal vehicles that uh can you know they're never they're, i guess they're probably not going to go 350 feet up but you know even if it was going 30 feet up like talking the, about flying well, cars yeah flying cars well flying yeah. yeah you said some of these drones can hold up to 80 pounds well, i mean for, everything we do in life is leading up to the jetsons right right so yeah. cars will be flying eventually yeah. yeah but uh yeah you know different drones have different weight loads and like you know you have you know, looking down the, down the street, you know, you've got uh, Amazon, Walmart, these type of delivery companies. They're going to be fighting for uh, a space in the air. Like, I don't I don't know the laws as we speak. I don't really think there are that many laws that dictate the airspace above your property line. Uh, you know, we all own the ground on our property line. But how high up do you own as far as airspace goes? And when you when you look at, you know, delivery services, you know, these companies are are trying to carve their space out in the air up there you know like a drone can fly up to 400 feet is like the height that uh you're allowed to fly above a building or a piece of land and um so does that mean i own 500 feet above my house not no. yet no the faa owns everything an inch above your roof they, well they don't own <laughs> really? it they just control they it. control it okay um there i don't remember what state it was is somewhere it was either wyoming or utah like a, a or maybe one of dakotas that just put up a uh a, a bill in their house Senate to determine uh, how high it should be. I believe their bill is saying 200 feet. And it's one of those that everyone's going to watch and see what it comes from. But I mean, if you could imagine an airspace, you know, for d- like drone deliveries into, uh, you know, suburban areas where you got trees or, you know, but where are you going to land it? They're going to fly above it and then they're going to come straight down in. So, you know, 200 feet of it between two and 400s, maybe what the shipping lanes are going to be in the air. So everything below that is your air. I mean, and this is all just my speculation. Dude, that but, seems excessive, 200 feet. I mean, an inch is maybe a little too low, but well, I you mean, know. you got to think about how high trees are. Yeah. Like they're flying, if they're flying in direct lines, then you've got to be above the tree line. Our, our tree line is a, like our pines are around 200 feet. Well, that's what I'm thinking is, well, I don't know. I mean, could they say, okay, now you got to cut down your trees because you're blocking the shipping lanes? We own the top of that tree. Yeah. <laughs> well, your tree is in our way. Is yeah. maybe more I mean, issue. I just sold part of my front yard so that we could have a sidewalk. Good for you. I, I didn't sell it, but I'm giving away some of my back. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those type of things that, like, I don't have a problem building a sidewalk in my front yard. I yeah. think it's going to yeah. look nice. But like, you know, they came in, it was a legal transaction to have access to it or whatever. I, I, I don't see, I don't see anything different in them saying that tree is in our flight lane. You need to cut it down. Were your neighbors on board or is it just you that's going to have a sidewalk? Well, <laughs> I was the only one on board. Start Everyone and else stop. Said no. <laughs> there was a couple, but no, they worked it all. It took like a couple of years, but they worked it out. That was good. <laughs> But definitely taking drone shots of the process. Yeah. 
Well, that'll be fun for the kids to be able to see, you know, drones flying around everywhere. You know, right now they look out the window and they think the garbage truck is cool. So to yeah. see like little planes. Well, I mean, everywhere you go, to be honest, like when I go on different sites, um, I, like for uh, like there's a company I do a lot of shots. They are a solar company and uh, we do like maintenance stuff and pre-install uh, ortho mosaic maps for them. And uh, I go inside, I introduce myself to the security guard, whoever the contact is. And a lot of times they want to come outside and just watch. Yeah. yeah. Like these are, you know, uh, grown adults. <laughs> They're like, can I watch? <laughs> Every time I've been approached by any law enforcement, it's so they could see what I'm to see what I'm doing because they're interested and not because they're questioning the law. Yeah, Dunwoody has one, don't they? Dunwoody has one. Oh, um, I saw one there. One and then they, they'll throw it up and take quick shots and quick videos. Um, but Dunwoody has used me in the past because I have the artistic approach and I, I capture what they want to see in one photo and I'm really good at Photoshop to make it really pop as opposed to just taking a picture. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the, you know, the hobby side of it. How much does it cost to get a drone? Like if I wanted to get a, can I get a $200 drone? Is that worth buying? Uh, so, uh, you, you I can at five below. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's definitely a, a range and the, the five below ones, if they do sell them, the, those kind of drones, a hundred and less, they will take off. Um, and then the wind will tell it where to go and you will crash it into a tree, into a house and into people. And, they're they're great to kind of practice learning how to fly. Um, you might as well just get a Chinese lantern at that point. <laughs> and, and those are fun for inside. <laughs> yeah, I have one in a tree in my neighbor's house that still doesn't come down. <laughs> I think I spent like twenty dollars on a uh, yeah. There it is. It's the Millennium Falcon, oh, yeah, and it can yeah. fly around the garage. But the minute it hits any sort of like wind, it just falls right. down. But then I know Sam and I both have DJI, and DJI is an amazing drone company. They're the global That's the leader. One, right? Yeah, but they have a hundred dollar one. Uh, the camera doesn't move, uh, it doesn't tilt, but it's it will fly steady if you just let go of the controls at a hundred dollars. Um, and then their Spark or their Mini is at the four or five hundred dollar range, and those are legit drones that will just. Um, you don't need too much experience. You could feel comfortable flying outside and letting go of the controls, and it will hover exactly where you leave it. And that's that's a, that's where DJI, in my opinion, is awesome. Is the uh, the presets they, they have for you know to do a, a, a shot, a complete circle around a, a house or a building or a park or something. It takes a lot of time, a lot of practice to make that smooth on your own. Whereas they have these features where you just lock it in on a target set the radius of the circle that you want and then just hit go and then it does it all for you you know and that's that's those are the those are the features that i think dj does the best is you know there's at least eight different presets uh you know whether it's a circle an oval straight up in the air 45 degree angle they make it really smooth so that you know you can fake it till you make it on a drone like this and that's kind of you know why you know, the upper of DJI drones uh, are where they are is because you can feel safer using it as a hobbyist, knowing that like it's got settings that are going to help you get good shots as well as not crash it. Well, it's cool that they got a five hundred dollar model because that's basically like a TV, right? right. You know, that's you, the Spark, yeah, or the, or the Mini. The Mini is the new one they just came out with. Right, right. You don't really bat an eye about getting a. $500 TV. Although, granted, you're not flying your TV up in the air. So. 
<laughs> but you can also get an, uh, a rider insurance. I know State Farm. We both have State Farm insurance, and it includes yeah. flyaways. So what? Uh, wait, is what that is that if like you wreck it into a car, or it uh, flies away and you don't know where it lands? Like this guy. Does that happen? <laughs> Matt, Mine, Matt, 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 Matt. Yeah. Mine uh, <laughs> had a sheared up wing, or I hit a bird or something. But I was I was flying, and then all of a sudden everything just disappeared. It went black. I and I totally lost it. You think it was still in the air when it went out? Well, I, I have you have visual line of sight, um, Did you but find it's a little black, black dot, <laughs> a little black dot flying around. And I look at my screen, I look down, and all of a sudden the the screen itself is like flying in circles. And oh. I was like, oh crap! And, <laughs> and I look back up, and it's gone. And I drove around trying to find it. It was totally gone. I called State Farm, and I was like, I lost my drone, and uh, they covered it because it's part of the insurance I bought. That's cool. What's it cost? The insurance? Uh, 75 a year. Oh, that's not bad. So basically every five years they're buying you. Well, no, it's a $1,200 drone. Yeah. Yeah. Just be like, this one's getting a little old. It flew away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was able to get, uh, I use State Farm too uh, for commercial insurance. Um, covers up to $5 million policy. So pretty much any kind of company that's going to stay under it. And I mean, it's like $30 a month. Right. That, that, uh, that insurance is good when you're flying over uh, corporate yeah. Uh, places in case your drone crashes and lands on someone's head, which you're not allowed to fly over people, so you shouldn't be landing on someone's head. Or if you just land through a glass or you break their property or somehow. But you're not allowed to fly over people. One of the FAA laws is you're not allowed to fly over people. Well, well without... this, is, this is a great time to be a hobbyist then, exactly. right? Exactly. Because we are in the quarantine, the, yes. the shelter. Yes, it right? is a great time. I, although, I go out for exercise. Although, I'll tell you what. Uh, last week, I got just bored being inside. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to take my, I never take my drone out to play. I always keep it just for work. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to try this new software. I downloaded the free vert, like test version and went outside. I was like, let's do this. I'm bored. And then I flew it right into a tree. <laughs> and, it, 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 and as it was going up, I like knew it was going to hit the tree. And since it was a new software, I hadn't learned the buttons. I hadn't learned the emergency stop break buttons and it just, it was right in my front yard. It was about 120 feet up, just clipped this branch. And I just saw it come straight down. And my first thought was, you know, dive under. Because I've had a couple times where I, I hit a tree, like, you know, at a lower level, like 20 or 30 feet, uh, trying to, like, get a, a house in a certain frame. And twice I've been able to dive underneath it to break the fall. Yeah. But this one was, like, 120 feet up. And, like, it was coming down, like, straight to the ground. And I, I was like, yeah, I, no, I can't make it. And then I just watched... How I just watched in disbelief. I was like, God. Was that one of the trees you fought so hard for? It was. To not be taken down? <laughs> that's How a ironic. Whole, that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, that was one of the trees I fought that's to keep. Funny. That's funny. And uh, it just, you know, it sucks, but that's why you have insurance. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was part of boredom. That was part of the quarantine uh, cost. Yeah. But I, I went down to Centennial Park, and it was amazing because there was nobody in the park at all. I got some amazing shots of, like, the aquarium and the Coke Museum and Centennial Park with no one in it. It was really cool. Matt is so much more creative than I am. <laughs> and it, it shows in, like, his pictures. Like, like I take pictures of buildings. You know, like, re like sometimes I create, when I'm doing a house, I have to create a story to, like, you know, around this tree is the pool or... This is the, the, the deck side or, or I'm doing a, a, a commercial building and it's really just taking angle shots for progression reports. But like Matt, like as a, like his, his, he started off as a hobbyist, but like his work is so good that like, you know, people, I bought him, you know, I have 
some of Matt's pieces and photos by Wally. Photos by Wally are the, some of the most popular. What's up, Dunwoody posts too. Oh yeah, yeah. Good to yeah, hear. I mean, Matt. I mean, he's, he's been them. he's yep. been in photography like for, uh, for as long as I. I mean, we grew up together, and uh, I, I know he's been taking pictures. I can remember at least 10, 15 years. You, your dad, and y'all would go out and do like still photography. Well, my dad had a black room growing up in the basement, so I learned early on. And then I was in like the high school uh, photographer for the yearbook and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Like you could tell in his like he's got he's he's like I said he's got FOMO. So like if there's Every event. if there's an event going on, he's gonna be at in the perimeter of it somewhere taking pictures. And uh you know, it just it definitely shows and like it it's 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 given him an opportunity to, you know, create a fan base of his artwork, uh, as well as, you know, show off what he's doing. And uh that's you know, as drones become more and more available, you know, I think a lot of people are gonna be able to use them for you know, not just like commercial use, but hobbyists as far as, you know. And along fam- with that, more regulations of where you can't fly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gonna, well, there's this actually. a fine line. Well, yeah. I've had a few people reach out to get in touch with you, like Kingswood. Yeah. And, Kingswood, um, yeah. I forgot the other one. Oh, the school. The, Austin. Is, uh, yeah, Austin. People wanted you to go out there and do that. Yeah. It's, it's, everyone's finding new reasons to use this. You know, I like, I, I did some shoots uh, the last three days, actually, and with the whole social distancing and everything. Um, I did seven different uh, photo, like different uh, site locations, and I didn't interact with a single person. You know, they were all libraries, public buildings, so a lot of them were closed. But like, I was able to like for the solar company, I was able to go and take these ortho mosaic pictures so that they can continue with their needs of you know figuring out what the engineers need to do as far as spacing out the solar panels and how much square footage they have. Are there like air conditioning units on the roof that they need to be aware of? And so you're looking at where the roof gets the most amount of sun. Is that how, why you're there? No, I'm there. I'm there to basically take pictures so that their engineers don't have to go on the roof. Right. Because with the, with this type of drone and the software that I'm using, you know, I'm able to get within three to six inches of, uh, you know, as far as the whole roof goes. Yeah. And so, um, they can use my ph- photographs to send to the engineer team to figure out where the panels are going. And then down the road, if the building wants to add more panels, do they have more square footage? Yeah. So they can pull up these photos and, you know, down the road and figure it out. And it's more of documentation, like a, as a data collector. And, um, but, you know, it, I didn't talk to a single person, you know, it, and that's, you know, that's the best part of drones, I think, is in the, at least the construction or commercial uses, being able to get eyes on your projects without having to send out a team or, uh, you know, have your own drone and stuff like that. Like you can fly these and, you know, do a live broadcast. So if you have like a, a construction company that's up in Boston doing a project by Perimeter Mall and they have an investors meet, a stakeholders meeting and you can stream everything. You can stream too. everything. That's so that, cool. like you could talk to them and they'd be like, oh, could you fly the west side of the property? And, you know, as they're going, you could be on location giving them live you know, uh, like reports based on what they're looking for. Yeah. Do you ever do any drones for Barbara in real estate? Uh, a lot of times they're like, oh, on Tuesday at three o'clock and you go out there. And I, droning is my hobby job. So I got full time job and uh, consultant. So yeah, I guess that's difficult. So it's usually when like her plans fall through. Hold on. <laughs> when Barbara says go take a picture, he'll go take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, yeah, you heard that, Barbara. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've, I've done a few, but usually she uh, hires out. Yeah. What? She hires out? What does she hire you? 
Harvard I'm busy. makes enough money to go past it. <laughs> <laughs> I might need your free services, though. So. <laughs> you want to go into another type of art? You want to talk about your uh, the art festival? Yeah. The kind uh, of stuff that you and Greg do? So, uh, Sam's twin brother, Greg Schlam. Does. A lot more creative than me. Yeah, <laughs> very creative. He does license plate art where he takes license plates, he makes custom signs. And me and him have been doing arts festivals since 2010 together. Uh, Greg actually does uh, 10 to 15 a year. Yeah, he, he does was. like a, he does like seven or eight in the in the spring, and then he does Sam in the fall. And yeah. uh, scrap metal and such. Um, and then I'm photos by Wally. That's what's called scrap metal and such. Scrap metal, the letter N, such and okay. such. Yeah. We'll, we'll give you all the URLs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get in touch with you. But yeah, he makes like maps, like you know where you see the maps where it's like the states cut out of license plates, and he'll make guitars and. You know, it's, it's mailboxes. Like I say, he's way more creative than me. But yeah. Well, yeah, we've been doing art shows together since 2010. And this year, uh, we were supposed to do the Dunwoody Arts Festival, uh, Mother's Day weekend every year. But of course, that got canceled this year. Was um, it canceled or postponed? It's Did postponed to Labor Day weekend. Oh, okay, so good. So now it's supposed to be Labor Day weekend. We'll see where everything goes. So hopefully, I'll be out there Labor Day weekend. Well, maybe we can get you on before that, too. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. Um, and so I, I sell... I used to sell, before my drone, just like uh, portrait shots, um, and I customize them in Photoshop, make them look like paintings, or I put them on aluminum to give it like a really sharp pop. But now I'm doing these tiny planets with my drones where I could capture everything the drone sees in one image, of it, and it looks like a little tiny planet with buildings or trees sticking out, um, and those, I've been selling a lot of those. Um, and I'm focusing on trying to get those everywhere in Atlanta and a lot of places where I travel. Yeah, Walensky had one in his office. That was cool. Mike Walensky, I went out to the Capitol building. I got a, the, the gold dome of the Capitol is like sticking up. Um, one of my most challenging drone shots was at Third Rail Studio. So Dan Rosenfeld wanted a, a 360 of the studio. But the studio is about a mile and a half from PDK. And I registered with FAA and the FAA says you can fly 90 feet over the ground. And 90 feet is just over the building, so I was fine with that. But watching my drone at 90 feet and watching an airplane at 300 feet. <laughs> it wasn't tough to tell how far yeah, away it was. It was way closer than that. So, yeah. The, the, I was like, Matt, there's a plane. There's a plane. <laughs> the droning uh, Third Rail Studios was definitely a challenge. And the one thing, too, is DJI, they have their own maps that are separate than the FAA. They want their own responsibility um, the way the FAA draws their maps, it's like an upside-down wedding cake where uh, you're like, no fly, and then go out a little bit, then it's 100 feet, then 200 feet. Uh, DJI's maps, they go on the running the runway strips, and they stretch it out past the five Wait. miles. And they're like, you're in a runway, you can't launch here. So what you have to do is you have to register the FAA, and then you have to show that proof that the FAA authorized you to fly, and then you have to send it to DJI. Then DJI says, okay, I can unlock your drone for that time period. Whoa. So we had to go, th and DJI also won't let you do it over your phone. You have to do that on a PC. So you have to pre-plan all this stuff out. A, a so if you go somewhere in the runway and you start to get your drone up there, it just it, locked? It won't take off. Really? That, got, they've got control. I was doing a- That's about, really cool. About a year ago uh, when Trump and Pence came uh, to Hartsfield. That was um, the loudest plane. I was I was doing a photo shoot. I remember- uh, I didn't know ahead of time, but 12 to 3 o'clock was when their plane was coming in and there was a no-fly zone uh, like scenario going on. And I was up in Milton, which is about 40 miles from Hartsfield. And I got my drone up. I got to the site, got up at 11.45, just got into the flight. And at noon, 
my screen just goes red. It's like automatic land, automatic land. Whoa. And my drone just starts coming down. Yep. And I was, I was dumb. I was like, what's going on? And then I remembered that he was look. Uh, the uh, president was in town. And so I opened up the app to look at it. And the area they had blocked off went north of Lake Lanier and south <laughs> of Pe- and south of Peachtree city. Yes. I mean, it was a blanket every, so like, there are times that, uh, you know, like even Dunwoody, you know, they've got controls over like the space in Dunwoody too, that if at any point they want everyone down, they just hit a button and like, Did your drone come back to you or does it just drop yeah, straight well, down? Yeah, well, that's the beauty oh, okay. of these drones is they've got all this technology in it that makes it come back to where it's supposed to be safely. That if I were to ever lose contact with it, it'll like say the battery were to be going down, it knows how long I need to. I can be up and still have enough time to get home. And uh, this was one of those scenarios where it took it over and it brought it without me doing anything, just came, brought right about where I was standing and then brought it right down and landed it. It's like, crazy. That's what we're going to start dealing with with cars too. Yeah. <laughs> they, should have, they should have little legs so that they do like, you know, hit the ground. They're not near you. They just start walking. Yeah. <laughs> roll, if roll you uh, Google drone fails, there's a lot of people running low on batteries that don't have enough space and they're like diving Running into the ocean. My favorite, I was about to say, my favorite ones are people doing it over water and you see them like trying to run out like that Baywatch style. But once they get knee deep, they start slowing down and they're just reaching for it and you're oh, like, you I, can do it, bud. You can do it. I got to look that up. Drone fails. Oh, there's some great ones. But yeah, so uh, we, we eventually did uh, get the drone shop, third rail studio, um, 90 feet up, got a great picture of it. Um, Fully legal. Thanks we'll to Sam's these, help. We'll get some of these pictures up, too. Get your link and some of the pictures. Well, there. you know what's amazing, too, about that is that they built a studio right below the flight path. Right. You know, and it's still quiet in there. Yeah, Dan, they, they put a lot of extra effort to make sure it's soundproof, fully soundproof. And yeah. that's one of their selling points is we live under a runway, but you can't hear anything. Yeah. Yeah, and if you haven't, anybody listening hasn't been to a Third Rail, it's a cool place to go. And if you just ask Dan, he'll give you the... Uh, <laughs> A personal tour. Yeah. What's his personal phone number? He just won't give you the <laughs> Wi-Fi password. That, that's what he told us. Log into the intranet. <laughs> one of my goals is to photograph every one of the stadiums around. So I do have uh, Bobby Dodd and I have Stanford Stadium. Um, I have Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So the, legally, FAA allows me to fly over Mercedes-Benz. But recently, Mercedes-Benz has... Uh, initiated their own no-fly zone directly over them. Yeah, just so everybody knows, uh, every stadium has a, a an area above it that you're not allowed to fly without permission. Yeah, that doesn't matter if it's a professional sports stadium. Beware, they're going to send you a letter like they sent Matt from Seattle. One, one of the big <laughs> one of the big rules is not flying over people. So if you fly over a major sporting league event, you will go to jail. So um, and, every, everyone's and like, you, can I get that with during a game? I was like, definitely not. So <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll fly over these places when... Uh, when they're empty. When they're empty. Because it's easy to get a waiver. Like, it's not like they're saying you can't do this. They're just saying if you want to come over the stadium, like, there's a, there's a geo fence. Yeah. What about, like, road races? Like, we did a... I did social media for the, Run the Reagan in uh, Lawrenceville, and they had a, we had a drone guy come out 
is he not allowed to be over the people still, or well, you just have te- to te- say I, that you're going to do it? Technically, from what I believe, is you have to make sure that the audience or people are aware of it. They're, they have to be participating members, and so part of your ticket to get in there might be you will be droned. Oh, okay. So, or like if you're running in the race, there will be drones flying over to just be aware. All right, so we need to add that into the Georgetown rec waiver <laughs> at checkout. <laughs> Seriously. He may be photographed in a bikini. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, actually, there's, some, uh, there's a new software program that I just started using. And uh, it's kind of new. It's not new to me, to the industry, but new to me is uh, OrthoMosaic Maps. And um, it's pretty cool. It's basically uh, you know, taking, a, like, photogrammetry where you take, like, a lot of pictures, overlap each other, stitch them like all a together. Matterport. And a Matterport, exactly, but from the sky. Yeah. And uh, the best part about it, it, where I found success with it, is for uh, developers that want to, you know, plot out land, that want to see, because Georgia, you know, you got a lot, like, you get a a big piece of property, you got streams on it, you got canopies, different elevations, that uh, you can come with the ortho mosaic map and shoot a 10-acre area from 100 to 150 feet up or right above the tree lines. And it's something that if you were to try to get the same picture uh, with just a with just the using the drone as a shoot, then you might have to go, you know, way above the 400 feet that you should be going, somewhere like, you know, 800 to 900 feet to sometimes get a big enough area into one picture. And what the ortho mosaic maps do is it gives the the, the photographer the opportunity to take pictures at high detail, high resolution from 150 feet and over a 10 acre area to plot it together so that you could then as a developer use it to make plot lines to, you know, do, uh, you know, surveys, things like that, where it includes things like streams and uh, something that if you were 900,000 feet in the air, you wouldn't see those details that like, you know, like you could get a great picture of it, but to like zoom in far enough to like actually see elevation changes and, you know, different uh, tributaries on the property, something like this is is right up your alley. Yeah. Yeah, from what I've heard, <clears throat> just from real estate photography, is a lot of people, those cameras are so much better than actual cameras that they'll just hold the drone as they're kind of walking through the it, house. It has a, an amazing gimbal. And yeah. I could, if I'm holding my SLR camera and I take a burst, five shots in a row, mm. there's always going to be a little bit of shake in between just for me pushing the button. Um, and when this drone's flying, um, and it takes five shots in a row, it has absolutely zero movement at all. Like it, the gimbal's amazing. Yeah. yeah. As it's flying, even in wind, like this gimbal, like as, as the drone flies and takes pictures, it'll say you're doing a, a progression shot or a, a time-lapse or a hyper, uh, hyperlapse video. And, uh, it'll basically every two seconds, it'll take a picture and every two seconds it'll stop, take the picture fly two seconds, stop, take the picture. Oh, wow. That is not just like a moving shot. You know, it's, 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 it's incredible what these drones can do as far as helping you out to get, uh, you know, cinematic quality, right? Yeah. That it, they make us look good. Yeah. They make us look really good. Well, that's cool. This is something I've always been interested in. I hope the, the listeners are interested in as well. Well, Matt, you can get a prosumer. We learned that word today. Yeah. Camera for 500 bucks. Yeah. Start competing with these guys. <laughs> It I sounds like something we'd mess up instantly. Yeah. Like we'd be going to jail. I think my learning if, curve would be longer than everybody yeah. else's. If you own a drone, you will have crashed it at some point. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Absolutely, you're gonna crash it. Nice. That's why you should get insurance. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, our dr- my new drone is the Mavic Two. The Mavic One did not have rear-facing uh, obstacle avoidance, so when you flew yeah. backwards, you could fly right that's, into a building. That's where that's where the future of like drone, like as far as uh, hobbyists are concerned, is the avoidance systems that are coming in the next generation of, of drones. Like I I just bought a drone uh, about six months ago that I put down payment on that won't be ready for another six months, but it, it completely could fly through a forest. Whoa. Well, that's in what between. Amazon's going to need too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's great. Like the uh, avoidance system is going to, is, is going to be a, cause that's how you crash them is you get creative. You want to get this nice scene of you coming through the trees out of the forest and then boom, it falls yeah. that, uh, you know, the avoidance systems like the Skidio two is the, the drone that, uh, that I ordered that I can't wait for. Cause with the Mavic two pro, like in a state like Georgia, where we're a canopy state with trees, there's a lot of things you can't see underneath, but, uh, you combine an ortho mosaic picture from the, uh, from the air of, a, of the, uh, of my DJI Mavic two. And then you combine that with like the Skidio two that can fly under the tree line, you know, it just kind of gives you a whole new area to get the cinematic looks as well as for real estate showing off a property that's not developed yet, you know, to show them the state, you know, the selling points, this stream that runs through it. But with like this avoidance system on this new drone, it's going to be flawless. It's just going to, it's going to fly through it under in between the trunks and you won't have to worry about losing drones, which makes it a lot easier to invest in like better drones or different drones for different purposes if they can make it so that I'm not going to crash it. Right. That uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, that drone to play with, mainly just the avoidance system and uh, the, the abilities it has to follow you. Plus, you seem like a real wuss if the company calls you up and they're like, yeah, we want you to do this. And you're like, but there's a lot of trees. Yeah, a lot of trees. I don't know. I'm going to kill it. I've already had two insurance claims this month. <laughs> Well, cool. Well, thanks for uh, sitting down with us, guys. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure we'll be talking to you guys soon. Yeah, well, we're big fans. Appreciate it.